Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. Wow, I can't believe it's already Sunday, October 4th, and we are about to do our live show at Caroline's. So that's amazing and so exciting. I am actually recording this in LA. I went to LA for a few days for some work stuff. And it's been really nice here. It's it's funny. Of course, it's like only cold when I'm here. But it's been nice. I did... I'm going to like do a little... I hate to say vlog because like that seems like a silly word. But like a little TikTok recap of my trip. Because it's been really fun. I um, I got in and then I had a nice dinner with my mom. And then the next morning, I actually did this Pilates class called Forma Pilates. Apparently, it's like Kendall Jenner's favorite class. So obviously, I was expecting to look like her when I left. Um, It was really fun. I did it with Dale, my friend who does sweats in the city. And her wedding is coming up. So we were discussing wedding things. And then I went on a hike with Tinks, which was so much fun. But she is so good at hiking. Like I could not keep up. I was out of breath and dying. And it was really nice to catch up with her and just all good things. So it was a really nice little, it's a really nice little work trip and a great opportunity to bond with my mom. I feel like if you have an opportunity to go on a trip with your mom or like your sister or like one family member and like bond, it's definitely something to do because it's really, really a nice experience. Our mixer last week was such a great success it's so funny. So we did it at this place called The Freehold. And it's this, they opened recently in Union Square. And it's like this amazing space. And we had a line and it was so cool to have a line. And all these amazing people came and hopefully met each other and had a good time. At one point in the night, uh, Kayla, who does my mixers with me and my events, um, who's the best, by the way, shout out to Kayla. She comes up to me and she was like, I just like, you know, because there's a guy at the door with a list and she's like, I just had to get Pilot Pete in. Like he wasn't on the list, but he showed up. And I was like, what? Like if an old bachelor is crashing your mixers, you're doing something right. So that was a really good, amazing thing that happened. And I think a lot of the girls there were like, oh, okay, that's casual. And that was really, really fun. So I loved that. Uh, so I'm just going to answer your questions that came up. Someone asked, I, so I mentioned in the last episode, in this uh, two episodes ago with Ellen Hildebrand, 
why that I didn't like the book in five years. And then we ended up talking about it offline, but I never explained to you guys why. And the reason why is because I did not like the ending. And I didn't like a lot of things about it. Like I knew, and spoiler alert, if you haven't read this book, please skip ahead. But I knew that it was, first of all, I knew the friend was going to die. Like that was just so clear. Like it was almost as if it was that montage in a movie of like friend being amazing and then getting sick. Like, terrible, right? But like you knew it was going to happen. And I just felt like the whole thing was really predictable. Like, of course, she falls in love with like her friends who died. Like, it's just, it's just like gross. Like, I didn't love that. I thought it was like distasteful. Like there's so many people in the world. Why are you falling for your best friend who died person, you know, like having like these dreams about him, whatever it was or ending up with him. And I didn't really like 100% understand why she didn't just like, like the person that she was with. Like everything seemed great in the beginning. And then it's like, oh, but I never liked any of these things about him. It's like, well, why'd you get engaged? I don't know. Don't I, I read it a long time ago, but I just didn't like it. I liked the concept of it, but I didn't like how it actually all went down. So that's how I felt. Someone asked, what questions Stephen asked me on our date that made him interested and interesting? Because I talked about this on last week's solo episode. I would say, so Stephen's really good at asking people questions and making them talk about themselves the whole time. It's like an amazing quality he has. It's like a very selfless quality. Like he could go to a lunch with someone and they could talk about themselves the whole time. And truly, 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 like they would have no idea that Stephen hasn't said one thing about himself. It's it's very like Scorpio quality, but he's not a Scorpio. I don't know. It's it's a very interesting thing that he does. And so he made me feel like so special asking me all these questions. But I am also like that, right? I mean, I ask questions for a living. And so I threw them back at him. And so it was a conversation. And I think we were both so interested in getting to know one another and so intrigued because we'd always kind of known about each other, but didn't know each other, that we ended up having this interesting and interested conversation. So it wasn't any question in particular. But what I will say is he asked me about my last relationship, like pretty off the bat because I was newly single. And I thought that that was very bold. I was like, he could just avoid this and it would it would come off insecure, but it came off really confident because he wanted to know about it. How many dates in is it a red flag if you're not texting daily? I would say after two dates, you should be texting daily, maybe three the latest. But if you're not texting daily after three dates, it's not going well, in my opinion. Breakups and wedding invites, can you both still attend if you're friends with the couple? If you want to, if you really like the people and it's not about running into the ex, then absolutely. I've been lucky that I haven't been in this situation. I feel like couples like this, you usually like they end up choosing one. Like for example, if it was a couple I was really close with because they were friends with my ex, then we kind of fall off purposely so that he could be the one to attend because that's the right thing to do. Like we'll still be friendly, but it's almost like a purposeful fall off. There's only one couple that I know of that could 
potentially be that situation for me in the future. But who knows? I mean, I think I would still attend if I really loved them and, and their love. Red flags on trips together. This is a really great question. I feel like I am constantly asked, like, we're going on a trip together. Like, what do I need to know? What should I look for? I think red flags on a trip together if it's a trip where you're flying, like, are they, how are they with the flight attendant? Did they get really overwhelmed by the airport? Like, are they chill when dealing with everything? If their bag gets lost, do they throw an absolute fit and start yelling at everyone? Or do they say like, oh, okay, well, it'll come in a day. Like, how are they reacting to these things that happen? Because things happen on trips. People get irritable on trips. You're traveling a lot. You're like, you know, if you drink, you're sober for hours on end during this travel. Like how how do you interact soberly? You can see more of their habits up close. Do they feel the need to like get fucked up every night or are they excited to like do activities with you and things like that? So look into that. And then are they weird about like bathroom stuff? Like making you uncomfortable about going to the bathroom with them because those are things that end up happening on trips or is there jokingness and like levity and you know good energy as you're together are you choosing to do the same activities do you both want to go shopping do you both want to stay in the sun depending on where you are those are all things to pay attention to what we're being for halloween i honestly can't tell you but i will say that we're doing a couple's costume So stay tuned and you know the couple. How to be supportive when your friend is marrying a truly bad guy. This sucks and this comes up a lot. The truth is you just got to be supportive. You know, everyone is in this situation. I'm in this situation. You're in this situation. Your friend's in this situation. There's always going to be a guy that you don't like for your friend or you think your friend can do better. There's probably a guy that's married to your friend that you think she could do better. But unfortunately, you're not them. And all you can do is be supportive. If you really need to say something, you can be like, I just want to make sure that like you're really happy and he makes you so happy. And it's the decision that you really, really want. And you're not just, you know, doing this because you feel like you're in too deep because I promise you like, you know, I'm always here for you and you're not alone. Whatever. If you want to do that spiel. When is a good time to propose after how many years of dating? And when's a good time to get pregnant? I honestly don't feel like there is a rule to any of this. In fact, tons of my friends got pregnant before getting married, especially because of the pandemic. Like all bets are off now. It doesn't really matter what you do. And if you can get pregnant and you do get pregnant, that's awesome. And you don't have to be married and whatever. Um, A good time to propose in an ideal world, like, two years of dating, a little less if you're 30. If you're younger than that, maybe like two to three years. I think that's like a good sweet spot. I always find that it gets to be like red flaggy when it's three or more years of dating and nothing has really happened. And I think a good time to get pregnant is whenever you can, because it's really hard to get pregnant sometimes. So if you're like, there's a girl who just got married and then she posted something that she was pregnant. So, you know, we all did the math and she was pregnant at her wedding and I don't care at all. I think that's awesome. Megan Roop, who came on the podcast, was pregnant at her wedding. Pregnant at your wedding is the new, is the new not pregnant at your wedding. And Couples Halloween costumes, cute or cringe? Obviously, I think it's cute. I think I always wanted to do a couples Halloween costume when I was single. And now I love that I get to do it. I think that 
it's cringe if you do like a bad costume, but if you do a funny costume and you pull it off really well, it's amazing. So that's all I got. I'm really excited for you to hear Hannah. The only room in our entire apartment that is even close to being done is the office. And that's because of Article. Like, I do not know what I would do without Article. We have now been waiting on so many pieces from so many other companies, but our Article stuff actually came within a month. Like, it is amazing. We got this gorgeous daybed, this side table, this really great rug that fits Steven's chair on top of it. And Article's team of designers are focused on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. So when I tell you this is the most comfortable daybed I've ever laid in my life, and I lay there while he's in meetings and hide in the corner, like... It is the best. And their prices are really fair. You save already up to 30% over traditional retail prices because they're like cutting out the middleman. It's not like this crazy big place where everything's backordered all the time. It's fast and affordable shipping. And if you end up ordering a lot and like you spend more than $999, your shipping is free, which is amazing. But our deal for you guys is honestly even better in my opinion. Articles offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So you go to article.com slash Acme and the discount automatically applies at checkout. That's article.com slash Acme and you'll get $50 off your purchase of $100 or more. If you ever thought about having a daybed in your office, now is the time. The weather's getting colder and you want to love the place that you live because like you're not going to be leaving the house that much. I'm telling you all the best furniture is at Article. Article.com slash Acme. It's crazy to me that it is almost the end of October, which is also crazy. And we're still not done with our apartment that we moved into in May. Like, how is that possible? I just, I really don't understand it. But the one thing that has been like a saving grace in this whole experience is being able to frame all of our stuff so easily. So easily. Framebridge, if you haven't already heard about it, it makes it so much better and way more affordable to frame all your favorite things without ever leaving the house. Whether it's like a gallery wall that you're adding to your home or just sending a really nice gift of a print to someone that's already framed, Framebridge is the perfect solution. You just go to framebridge.com and you upload your photo and then they send you packaging to safely either mail in your physical pieces or you can just upload a photo online and do it that way. It is so, so easy. And their prices only start at $39. The last time I went to a framing shop to get something framed, it was $250. Like I will never forget that. So that's wild. But not only do their prices start at $39, but with our code ACME, you'll get 15% off your first order, which is amazing. We recently just hung something in the office that we have, which is almost finally done. And we looked at the date. It was like a cover of The New Yorker and there was a date. And this is so crazy. You guys aren't even going to believe this. The date that was on the poster or the thing that we framed is the date of our wedding weekend. Like what? I don't know how that is possible. It is wild. And anyway, clearly it's all aligned. Go to framebridge.com and use promo code ACME and you'll get 
15% off your first order. Frame anything that you want. Frame a nude of yourself. YOLO, live your life. Framebridge.com, promo code ACME. Framebridge.com, promo code ACME. Hey guys, I'm Kenzie from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kenzie Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I cannot believe two things. One, we're in a studio for the first time in since pre-COVID. And two, we get to be back with the amazing Hannah Burner. It is an honor and a privilege. I'm so excited. I haven't been on this pod in like decades. Decades. I feel like when we did our first pod swap, we were nothing. I like, was a newbie podcaster. Newborns. Scared. Newborns. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Bright-eyed and bushy. <laughs> I remember, so you were, I went to, uh, can we say Anchor? Yeah. Okay, are you still with Anchor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. So I went there. She's like, you have some long sustainable relationships. Uh-huh. This it's, is good. It's wonderful. <laughs> and we recorded. And I remember you were like, I'm, I think I think I'm going to go on Summer House. <gasps> and I was like, are you sure? Like, are you sure? And you were like, yeah, it's going to be amazing. And I was like, okay. I support you. It's funny. Anyone who goes on reality TV, if you care about them, you're going to say, or even not care about them, you're still going to be like, are you sure? Yeah. And then you sign up for the roller coaster of a lifetime. The roller coaster of a lifetime. I mean, at least it wasn't a dating show. I feel like that's different. Competition shows, I don't think I would do well in because I'm very competitive. I'm like that girl who flips the Monopoly board. Like, I don't (laughs) think I could handle that. But then Summer House is also weird because you don't know the rules. Yeah. There's no rules. Exactly. And as an athlete, I like to know the rules. I'm a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. I'll do my best. Yeah. So it's kind of, our last season was COVID. So it wasn't really the show I signed up for. Yeah. Of like you work during the week, you see your party friends on the weekend, you party, and then you get to like meditate, call your mom, relax. It was like all the time. Yeah. But it was supposed to be like, I say it was like a drunk, we work pressure cooker. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I love (laughs) that you- With no HR. (laughs) I love that you said flip the table because that reminded me of Teresa. Teresa. (laughs) And then it reminded me of your video where you pronounced her name. Wait, so what is her name pronunciation? Teresa Giudice. Judice. But this is where it got fucked up. Giudice, I think, is the Italian way to say it. Yeah, no, it is. But she changed it to like Americanize it. But I was like, Guidice. And yeah, she you're was like, like what no. do do? I was like, I'm Italian. I know how to do this. And she was like, oh, Are you okay? Um, so, anyway, I fucked up so many names. I fucked up Luann's name. What did you say? Luann DeLesseps. And she oh. was like, Honey, darling. It, it's just Luann DeLesseps. DeLesseps. And then okay. you feel awkward the whole interview because you feel like you disrespected them. That's the word. I interviewed Luann and I. Definitely looking back, <laughs> fucked up her name. Now you're like, what did I say? But I think it was a bad connection on Zoom, <laughs> so I don't think she heard that God. I feel like we both have interviewed, so, like we're kind of in the same circle of comedians yeah, slash like, totally. like entrepreneurs and, and influencers. So I kind of love that we're uniting again. I love that. Wait, so just a little background for anyone who doesn't know you, but like, <laughs> I don't know why they wouldn't. How old are you and where are you from? I'm... 30 years old. Oh. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York, specifically Park Slope. I love it. 
And so the way that Hannah and I first got connected is because Hannah's mom and my very good family friend are besties from Crazy. college, which is so cute. Crazy. I love that. Yeah. And aren't they also friends with Remy Bader? Yep. So it's like a— But they're like not just friends from college. They were like sisterhood, like in a sorority together. And it's so cute because I know my mom is just like, mom. But then she'll get on the phone with these ladies and they talk about like the crazy nights they had in college, the guys they hooked up with. And I'm like, you guys are wild. So it's cute that my mom is like a little girl gang. It's so cute. That's what I want when I'm that (laughs) age. But I feel like I'm like already falling out with all my friends. (laughs) So like— Need to figure that I'm out. I'm telling you, friend fallouts start to happen, especially they when do. you start to get in relationships, yeah. when you start partying less, when you start caring about your mental health more. <laughs> right. It's dark. And we need to get into that. Yeah. But you mentioned the circle of podcasting and things like that. I have to ask, how did your friendship with Alex Cooper start? Because like, that's amazing. Great question. So during quarantine, obviously, we were all bored and alone. And that's when Alex had, speaking of falling out with friends, her big falling out with Sophia. Yeah. Oh, I know you've had on the pod. Mm-hmm. So if you want Alex's interview, we didn't talk about Sophia or any of the drama yeah. on my pod, but she was on Burning Hell. Everyone was doing reaction videos. Everyone had an opinion. And I decided to do a reaction video with my friends. But my opinion, like I wasn't picking sides. I was like, this is a larger issue of the media and the talent. Yeah. And like fighting for that kind of control. It's not about like who deserves what. It's just that talent's allowed to now get their own following. And, you know, this is going to happen in a lot of situations of like, like Bravo and the talent. Like it happens all the time. So I guess she watched Summer House and then she was like consuming all the content of what people were saying about her, which I don't recommend, but she's able to do it somehow. Mm-hmm. And she DM me and was like, hey, I really like your perspective on the situation. I'd love to have you on Call Her Daddy. And I literally (laughs) peed myself. Uh And I was like, Mom, call her dad. And she's like, what's that? And I'm like, Uh oh, no one can appreciate this moment. Uh But I was the first person to go on her pod that was like a comedian since Sophia left. Yeah. And we had this great chemistry. And then I kind of jokingly was like a stepfather. And I just looked. I really um, admire her hard work. I admire I mean, she's psychotic when it comes to editing and the content and all that. But we also were both former college athletes. And we were able to connect on a lot of just different places. And I'm not really good at social climbing. And it's to people who were like, oh, how do you become friends with Alex Cooper? It's more like when I network, it's like I either hit it off with you and we're like best friends or like it's not going to happen. And I prefer that to having like hundreds of people in the industry that I'm like talking to all the time. So it's just really cool that Alex has become like a really dear friend of mine. And she reached out to you. So it's not really social climbing at all. (laughs) Well, it's funny because my manager, how did you meet Alex Cooper? Like, who? what did you do? And I was like, I don't know. Just like keeping, it's the same with dating. Like you want to date the best guy for you. It's you just being authentically yourself and he's going to see it. Yeah, I love how I compared Alex fact. Cooper to my husband. No, but she's that's my so daddy true. husband. <laughs> that's so true. I there was one point where I thought you guys were going to be co-hosts, and I was very excited about that. It was funny that was going around, but for me, it's kind of like, yeah, I just look up to Alex, and like I joke, I'm like, you've helped me so much in my career, and she doesn't see it. Like she's just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like you've helped me through a lot of my darkest times too. Because let's say like. I have, I think everyone, if you're an entrepreneur, should have a variety of like income sources. Mm -hmm. So when something goes to shit, which it will, like, for example, when Summer House went to shit for me, 
I was comedy touring and like where some like fans could turn on you, like the love hate relationship, like the daddy gang never did. Right. Because they knew me and they knew like the larger picture of it all. Yeah, I feel like they're very loyal. Which they're is loyal amazing. and they're hilarious. Like mm-hmm. I have a joke about like my love language is touch. It's choking. And some girl yells, use the belt. And I'm like, daddy gang. <laughs> <laughs> That's so it's really been funny. a fun journey. And a lot of our pods have like different kind of women that listen. And I find I don't want to stereotype, but I will. I feel like women who listen to your pod, to my pod, are just like smart and successful and hot. 100%. And I love meeting them being like, I would be your friend. Because some comedians hate their fans. That I mean, I believe that. <laughs> but I have literally never met anyone who has like said something to me that I didn't love. Like fully. There was one, one situation mm-hmm. only in my life. And it was, I was like in I don't want to say where I was because I don't want this person to know who they were. But I overheard someone on the phone and I was like, wow, that's the most annoying person in the world who's on the phone right now. And then she was like, oh my God, I love your podcast. And I was like, fuck. But that was the only time ever. And because we've been podcasting for so long, I feel like people relate to us at different journeys in their life. Like when I was single, people related to me. When I like met an older man, there were all these people who were into that. When I like lost a friend group, people were like, I was going through the same thing during that time. You feel less alone. So you don't know what kind of people you naturally attract, but I'm proud of us for like who our listeners are. Sorry to suck your guys' dicks right now, but like I'm just feeling grateful. A hundred percent. And you recently went on Call Her Daddy with Paige, Yes, yes. And it looked like it got emotion. It was very emotion. And I think it's because Alex had gone through like a podcast with her best friend and they broke up. So Alex was, and she also comes from like her mom is um, a psychologist. So yeah. she was kind of like digging deeper into our friendship, which is honestly like pretty complicated because we have like our real life friendship and then a reality TV show friendship. And obviously there were, there was a lot of drama going on. So we kind of unpacked it, mm-hmm. which we hadn't really done before. Yeah. So look out for that in the next couple of weeks. Love a good therapy session. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of the summer house stuff, we'll just get this over with. Mm-hmm. And then I want to talk wedding yeah. shit because we're both engaged, which is <laughs> Wait, crazy. Wait, this is so exciting because when you talk wedding shit to people who don't want to hear it, you're like, I'm the most horrible, annoying person in yeah. the world. But you'll say the same stuff to someone who's getting married and you're like, we're having the greatest conversation ever. Ever, ever. I mean, it's only when there's someone else who's like in the same boat that yeah. like you don't want to murder them. So yeah. I feel like that's It's like great. talking about kids to someone who doesn't have kids. Exactly. They're like, I, your kid is ugly. Leave me alone. Yeah. Or like a teacher, like I know this is <laughs> fucked up, like coming home and telling you about all their different students. Like, I don't care. Or like care. a doctor saving a life. Like, I don't care. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, that I care about. <laughs> the teacher students thing, I'm like, I don't know little Timmy. You're like someone saving the world. Like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, teachers are amazing. Okay. You were obviously in Summer House. Mm-hmm. You're no longer in Summer House. Mm-hmm. During that one season, that was your last season, like you were dragged through the mud in terms <laughs> of like they made you look a type of way that as someone who's friends with you knows that you're not that bad <laughs> or even close to that bad. Basically, like, Looking back on it, do you feel like you did any wrong or it was like totally just camera editing bullshit? Oh my God, great question. So I've learned a lot about reality TV after this experience. Like I feel like during it, I was just like, we're figuring it out. And then afterwards, I was like, what the fuck just happened to me? After we filmed the season, 
everyone was good. If that like means anything, everyone was good. And as when I was filming it, and actually even when people say like, you got dragged through the mud, you didn't look good. Because I lived it, when I watch it, I just get very confused. Like I don't, I I can't see it from that perspective. Because living it, (laughs) this sounds horrible, but like I really felt like I was being a feminist icon. Mm -hmm. Like I really felt like this guy was calling me all the time. He was just like emotionally dumping all his shit on me all the time. Being really kind of controlling and weird where like he was setting the boundaries of the relationship, whatever. He didn't want to have sex, but he wanted me to like be available for him 24-7. I was lonely. I wanted attention. When I went into the house, I had started talking to Des. I had I went three or four dates with him. I didn't know what it was going to become, but I knew I really liked him. People knew. Everyone knew about it. Luke knew about it and like approached me being like, I have this girl, Sierra. I really like her. Sierra told me that she didn't like him and to stay away from him. And we decided to approach him when we heard he like was kind of playing us both. Mm-hmm. Even throughout the whole house, he was texting us both. And then he kind of played the like your crazy card to which I just kind of cried because it was like it just hurt. And I think they were trying to play it like Han- Hannah's obsessed with this guy and she's just mad. But it's like, n- no, I was just ups- upset that someone I thought really cared for me, even if it is just friends, how you're not going to tell me that like you're bringing this girl and that you're trying to make me look bad on TV because like you have you have to think the bigger picture of stuff yeah and then I didn't expect there to be all these storylines of like Hannah tried to Hannah trick Sierra and not like him or like crazy (laughs) shit like that and I'm like dude I could have my mom be like stay away from that guy if I'm into him how is like a girl you met the first day also I never said anything to her like that anyway and then the the Kyle stuff was wild to me because he's yelled at me for three years and finally I'm stuck in a house with him and I'm like I want to stand up for myself I had no idea there was a storyline that I talked bad about their relationship no one could find anything on podcasts even though they all really tried as hard as they could and I had a moment where I had heard him say something to her so I said don't talk to me how you talk to her didn't expect that to be the only thing people took from it also, you just saw a lot of my reactions to things and you didn't see what I was reacting to. Right. But it's also like, okay, last season, the previous season, like my first two seasons that went well, I was two for three. Let's not like shit on the whole experience. I was trying to hook up with this hot model who was clearly not good for me, but America loved it. Then this last season, I meet the love of my life. Like Luke and I fought for, I mean, fought. He, We had a little whatever for like, two or three days, and then I was good with him the whole rest of the summer. And America, like, hated it all, I guess. So, like, it's hard for me to even put myself in a viewer's shoes because, like, I know what really happened. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, was I reactive on a reality show when men were insulting me, when people were trying to make me out like the villain, even though I didn't know it was happening? I remember at one point being like, I feel like everyone hates me and is out to get me. And people were like, oh, my God, no, you're crazy. That's not happening at all. And I'm like, okay. And then I remember watching the show and seeing everyone's confessionals and being like, what? And then I remember not seeing any of my confessionals and being like, oh. And then just having panic attacks after watching every episode and then not being able to go online for maybe like a month and a half or two. 
I'm so sorry you went through that. <laughs> I mean, what's crazy to me, like, just about, like, the Kyle and Amanda situation is just, like, forget, like, Kyle and Amanda as people. Like, any friend of mine mm-hmm. who's a woman mm-hmm. who's dating a man who gets cheated on at any point by that man mm-hmm. in their relationship, I'm going to immediately have feel a type of way, mm-hmm. like, if they decide to take them back. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to be, like, so protective and, you know, nervous. They've both cried on my shoulder multiple times. Yeah. I don't know if you remember my first season. Do you remember when Kyle was on, like, an island, like, crying? Because, like, him and Amanda can't work it out. Do you remember that? Like, I, when I was an island, we were, like, kayaking, and he was, like, alone. Yeah. And I just kayaked out, and he was, like, I can't do this. Like, it's not working. And I just remember being, like, you'll figure it out. Like, I've always rooted for them. And that's yeah. why this last season was so heartbreaking for me. Because I just didn't—he was attacking me. It wasn't about their relationship. I'd already come to peace with like they're working it out. And I don't, I really wish the best for them. Right. So when you feel like people are mad at you for stuff that people are putting into your mouth, it's pretty upsetting. And in terms of like me being reactionary, it's like, yeah, being stuck in a house can get you to snap. Of course. Do you think that there's there's any part, like I, if I were hooking up with someone, Mm -hmm. And, like, it didn't progress in the way that, like, at one point I had wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And then I was in a fucking house with them. Like, even if I didn't like them Mm -hmm. anymore and had zero feelings, I would be triggered by them every day. Like, I don't think it's natural to be living with someone that you at one point, like, We were in a social experiment. And the thing with him is I firmly knew that he was never be the father of my children. I honestly— firmly knew that we were never going to be official but we were two people who just had this like weird chemistry and I don't know if it was like just provoked by the show and like the lights and the cameras but he was the one who took a liking to me he was the one who like I was talking to Armand you remember which is like a real relationship right and he was like I want to like he was the one who took me on a date wanted to be with me whatever and then I mean, I was just during quarantine. My mom's like, why does that guy keep calling you every day? It's almost like he just wanted to make sure that he knew what was going on with me. And like during the show, he was texting me and Sierra every night. He texts me stuff like, like lose the silver fox. Like when he sat me down, he was trying to like at the beach, he was trying to get me to like say that like Des isn't right for me. But like no one saw that stuff. Right. Like he was literally fucking with me the whole time. And then in the reunion made up a whole lie that I, well, he made up a lie that I had a boyfriend coming in to just try to make me look like I was this manipulative person, which is not true. Because if I could manipulate shit, this season would have been a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> My friends are like, no offense, you're not that smart to manipulate people. And I'm like, okay, that's another way to put it. But then he was like, I was forced by producers to ask you to meet right, my family, which again was a lie. So I, I didn't watch the reunion, so I don't know how they edited it. But like looking back, I wish I know that I remember just being like, I can't do this. And if I react to him, people are going to call me crazy again. Mm-hmm. But I just wish that I was like, you lied about that. You've lied about everything throughout. Everything you've said in interviews about me is horrible. And it's it was just a shit show. And the point is, like, I literally moved on healthy. Like, I was in the house with him, but I literally didn't give a fuck because I was falling so madly in love with this other person, but that wasn't the narrative they wanted to show. Instead, he comes in for two days, is amazing, has a funny personality that they tried to make it like it was not as funny. And then when he leaves, everyone's like, why'd you hang out with him the whole time? Yeah. 
that is certainly a narrative that was chosen for you instead of your narrative. It's so funny. I follow Emily from Sex with Emily, who's been on the podcast and she was amazing. And she posted something the other day that was like, next time I'm late, I'm just going to be honest and say, sorry, I'm late. I was masturbating. And I was laughing so hard because so many people can relate to this and nobody talks about it, but it really is such like a necessary part of life is to enjoy pleasure. And it's like part of self-care. And I feel like some people don't step into it and indulge and they absolutely should, especially because it's like getting colder and like Sometimes it's hard to go out and meet someone and take them home and to have something that can always make you feel good, like Dipsy, in your phone and just like click, being able to click on any story and just like, you know, get in the zone and in the mood is like the best. So if you haven't heard of Dipsy already, it's an app full of sexy audio stories and they have brand new stories all the time, like every week. And they help bring these stories to life. So whether it's like maybe a Halloween night out or you're on a hike in the fall and you run into someone and like you go back together, whatever it is, whatever you could seriously dream up, like maybe it's like a lifeguard thing. Um, Maybe it's like an affair. Dipsy has every story that you could ever imagine. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy offers an extended 30-day free trial. When you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme, that's 30 days full of access and sexy stories for free. When you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme, that's dipsystories.com slash Acme. Trust me, you won't regret this. It's the best form of self-care. And if you listen before bed you'll get a better night's sleep. So check it out. I just realized that I forgot to mention in the solo that I found a wedding dress. I know it's wild. Like the process was crazy and I just did not know what to do. And like other people have it easy, I guess. They decide when they know they know, but I didn't know. So I literally, I'm not even kidding. I had to use Issue, like the all-in-one platform and make like a whole like spreadsheet basically of all of the dresses that I was choosing from because I just couldn't decide. Like I literally made this entire basically flip book of all of the dresses that I loved and I could not have done it and made that decision without issue. If you don't know about issue, it's an all-in-one platform that creates beautiful digital content. It uses amazing tools that you already have like Canva, Dropbox, and InDesign. And you can make something once and distribute it every single place without reformatting. So no like PDF nightmares when you're trying to reformat something from a PDF. You can get started with Issue today for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off when you go to issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME. That's issuu.com slash podcast and use promo code ACME at checkout. And you'll either get a free account to start playing around with or 50% off your premium account if you're more into the premium world. That's issue.com slash podcast and promo code ACME. Whatever you're using it for, if it's to choose a wedding dress, to do a presentation, to make a brochure, Issue has everything there for you. And it's really, really easy. So I hope you check it out and you make some cool content. 
So like circling back to now, Mm -hmm. you know, Kyle and Amanda just got married and there was this whole like other plot point about like you're disinvited to the wedding. Like, were you, like, were invites out at that point? Like, I can't well, imagine I was they were. A, I was a bridesmaid. Right. Or I don't, I was, like, during quarantine, we would do these Zooms with, like, Amanda and all her friends and me and Paige. And, like, Amanda and I were, like, closer than her and Paige at one point. Yeah. And then we got in our first fight about the trash and he uninvited me to his wedding. And I'm like, honestly, I don't want to be involved in this shit. <laughs> and then... I don't wish anyone to be the like being isolated is like a really bad feeling, mm-hmm. especially like in a friend group. And it's like probably the worst form of bullying. And to be like so publicly, performatively isolated is just like the lamest thing you could do to someone. And also like the stonewalling of like after the reunion, like no one would try to talk to me mm-hmm. because they got what they wanted. Did you feel like any type of way when looking at the wedding content? Like, I know that you and Amanda actually did have a genuine friendship. And, like, watching the last season, I was like, Amanda really cares about you. Like, even though there's this, like, shit going on, like, Uh I could tell that, like, she was, like, always, like, defending you. She Previously, she was. And then it switched. But it's, like, it got to the point where she needs to, let's say, (laughs) imagine— your fiance was fighting with another girl all summer which for me I'd be like that's kind of weird like I'd be like why are you obsessing over this taking down this girl right but that she had to choose either be like oh I mean in the past she's always picked my side but like weddings coming up it wasn't but also like I didn't even start it Mm -hmm. like are you mad at your friend for when your fiance starts attacking her and making up narratives about her that she tried to defend her character. I mean, you're a podcaster. The whole reunion was not about what actually happened during the summer. It was about Hannah's on podcasts. And I was like, what did I say? And they couldn't say it because I was saying what really happened to whatever I was legally allowed to say. Right. Like, Like, I'm not going to die like a dead dog. Mm -hmm. I was going to (laughs) fight. I'm a fighter. (laughs) The whole thing also is like, are we going to work stuff out? When there's seven people yelling at me and cameras, no. Right. If you actually care about me and want to work stuff out, you would have answered my call. Mm -hmm. Last summer house related question. What is some summer house drama that nobody knows? Give us a little tidbit. Even if it's like, even if it's like this person farts (laughs) really loudly and grossly. Summer house drama that nobody knows. That we never had sex in the bathroom. What? Yeah. Did he just like go down on you? No, we were in there for a minute. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. We were in there for a minute. So why did you guys even pretend that it it went down? We didn't. Yeah. It was, it's the conversation that was put together. Right. I was basically like, guys, we didn't. We were, the whole point was we stayed in the house and went in a bunch of different rooms. But they even made like fake noises of sex. Yeah. You know how much footage of sex? Right. Do you remember in the preview how Lindsay and Luke went in a bathroom and there were noises? It's literally reality yeah. TV 101. And they all knew it was fake too, but they still like made it out in the reunion. Like it was real. Like you're going to ruin a friendship over an edit. That's wild. But that's the thing. You have to look at things in perspectives and like, yeah, I'm just trying to like explain how to watch things because the way you they want you to see it is not always how it really is. For sure. For sure. 
let's talk about more fun subjects <laughs> like our marriages to be. Um, so Des came into your life yeah. and you guys fell hard mm-hmm. and Des is older. And so you, well, I don't know if this is the reason, but yeah. so you got engaged within a year. Yeah. Do you think that it was fast or do you think it's just because like he's an older person who knows what he wants and like you're old enough to know at this point too? I think it's both. My love story in my head was that my parents got engaged in five months. Yeah. So that is a big factor, I think. So when I would be dating a guy for like eight months, nine months, I'd be like, this isn't it. Like I would have known. It would have been magical. I would have known, which is like not true. But in my head, it's what I believed. And when I met him, it was like immediate, just he knew what he wanted. He was the one that was, I was more scared as in like, I was in some stupid fucked up shit at the time. I remember I was like, okay, I have to go shoot a reality show after knowing him for like four days for dates. And he was like, okay, you don't have to talk to me at all. We can like reconvene after. I personally don't want to go on the show. My agent would kill me. And I was like, sure. And then I called him every night being like, I just fought with 13 people and there's Uh only seven people on the show. And he was like, that's wifey material. But like (laughs) he saw me at my most vulnerable and he also knows me. So it's like, it was this magical thing that we went through. But then after we got engaged in February, the show aired in March and that was horrible like I couldn't like imagine one of the most traumatizing times in your life like publicly where you're just getting like cyber bullied every day after the happiest time in your life yeah so I would say like it got us closer but it also just like it was I don't be like oh it was amazing to bond us like no it wasn't like that it was more like okay this is our first big obstacle we have to Mm -hmm. get over together yeah and I'm just so happy it's done (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank God. When you said that before, not to be cheesy, but I love Taylor Swift. And it reminded me of her song. It's like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Reputation. No, it's like, my reputation's never been worse, so he must love me for me. Oh, my God. You're going to make me cry. But it was literally like I'm sitting there watching people just be like, this girl's horrible. Like, no, like, actual. Like, she's the worst. We hate her. How horrible. And you're sitting there and you want. You just met the love of your life and you're like, this is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And but he also because he's in entertainment, he gave me like a couple really good insight for people who are listening just about dealing with drama and shit. He's like, he goes, first of all, when I was most hated in my career, I made the most money, <laughs> which I'm still like, I still don't love that. Then he was like, just don't get stuck in the comments ever. So our whole thing was him. I'd like go in the bathroom and he'd be like, don't look at the comments. Like it was like this constant, like, cause you want to see how bad the train wreck is, but you also don't want to see the train wreck. Yeah. It's a very weird feeling. And then thirdly, just kind of remembering like who knows you and who loves you and realizing like family is what's important, not like 15 minutes of fame. Exactly. And also just like, you know, I can't even imagine what you went through, but like, I get some bad reviews sometimes. And so like that's like the minor scale compared to like a million comments a day. It's the numbers that hurt. Like if one person says like you're ugly or like cool, well, that's 
one person in the world. Obviously, right. I'm pretty. And yeah, then if it's yeah. like 400 billion people saying you're ugly, you're like, so I'm ugly. Right. But <laughs> even if it's one person, like that still affects you. Like yeah. if I get a really bad teardown review, like I'm like, what if like my fiance sees this and he's like, oh shit, like everything I actually thought about Lindsay was wrong and this review is actually no, right. It's so embarrassing. Like yeah. to have a new love. Like we only knew each other for six months. He's getting tons of DMs probably like, how could you be with this girl? She's right. horrible. Look, she's with another guy. She's saying she said this on that. He didn't watch the show. Like he stayed away from it because it's not, he was just like, I'm not going to watch something that is hurting you. Yeah. But also a funny thing is like most reality shows, if they have a villain, like they're the casted like, okay, that's that. I feel like Summer House never had like a real full villain. And my last two seasons were amazing. So it's like, do people think I just like woke up one morning and like went insane? Which <laughs> is quarantine. So that is valid. Right, right. So it's like, I just had so much trust in the process. I remember Des yeah. being like, just like lay low a little bit. And I'm like, right. I need to stand up for myself. Yeah. You also, to be fair, like, you know, I'm into astrology. We also have to go over a little bit of that. We have to. You were going through your Saturn return. Oh my God, I'm time, so happy you brought that up. Which is a fucking crazy time in a woman's life and a man's life, but especially a woman's life, you know. Can you explain what it is for people? Yes. So your Saturn return is this period between 27 and 30 where like all the shit from your past like comes up and wow. you like have to deal with it. And you have to like fight these battles and these demons and like these like, you're just like, mo you're going through more shit than ever before. So that you come out at 30, you get rid of all the things that don't serve you. And you have this like, amazing life after that. You're going to make me cry. Because during, when you're in it, you're just like, why is this happening yeah. to me? And I'm also that friend who I'm like, all I care about is like kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you're like, oh, I got a podcast with you and it hurts, like it sucks. But also imagine if it's a podcast that you didn't even have control over like how you were depicted. Yeah. Like sometimes I like it better when people are like, I don't find her entertaining. I'm like, cool. I'm not your cup of tea. I probably don't find you entertaining either. Right. But then if someone doesn't find you entertaining from a show, it's like, oh my God. But that was also my Saturn return, I think, to face my biggest fear. I heard a podcast I was on like, it's funny. I don't listen to my podcast that often, but my mom does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she was like, I listened to this podcast from a year ago. And he said, your biggest fear was to be people to see you as someone you're not. And I guess the universe was like, you want to level show up? You, yeah. you want to level the fuck up? Also, are you familiar with aura readings? A little bit. I Have, have you had Mystic Michaela on your pod? No, I haven't. But every time I walk down the street, like I swear to God, not every time, but very often, some random person's like, I feel your aura. Can I give you a reading? Oh my God. It's You so need to weird. have Mystic Michaela on your pod. I think she went on Sophia's pod too. Yeah. She does like aura readings. And she basically was like, oh, you purple bombed the place. And I was like, what does that mean? Right. And apparently my colors are like purple and blue to go, she called it. But she was like, purple is like you're sensitive and you take in a lot. And when you feel like things around you are inauthentic, you bomb the place. Oh, <laughs> so I it's like that. I've been in careers where like I've gotten fired because like shit just like there was wrong shit happening. And instead of me just like being like, okay, I'll deal with it. I'm the one who's like, I need to stand up for justice. And then next, you know, it like implodes and you move on to something new. Right. But I've never dealt with like this extent of a purple bomb. And I didn't even know I was purple bombing at the time. 
I mean, that makes sense because, like, not to shit on people who go on reality TV shows, but, like, <laughs> they're not the most real, most authentic, just people to begin with. They're people who, like, you know. I, I do have to say, looking back, like, we had real friendships. Like, that's why it was hurtful after three years for them to be, like, oh, you were on a podcast and said one thing when they were asking a question to promote the show. Even Andy was, like, our job is to get you guys to talk shit on each other. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, you haven't all talked shit about each other. But you, I just was telling you earlier, like, there's some battles you're not meant to win. And I didn't authentically fit in with these people and that I didn't want to be part of this, like, social hierarchy where you just have to, like, suck one person's dick the whole time. It's just so funny that you said that just now about Andy because I watched The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Reunion mm -hmm. and— one of my fears, and I know you do this on your podcast, which is amazing, is like hearing the shit that people that I love, that I think are my friends say about me, you know, like that comes to life when you're on a show like that. But it's, it's of so funny. Yeah. If you watch Summer House, in my confessionals, was I talking bad about people? I don't think so. I don't remember. Which is crazy that someone could be a villain and never talk shit about anyone. Yeah. But it's because all of their confessionals said bad things about me. So it's really easy for someone to be like, oh, Hannah's not hanging out with the group. And then it cuts to me walking to the bathroom. Right. So if you think about it, it's like I actually didn't do anything to hurt anyone outwardly mm -hmm. compared to like the crazy shit that and I hate to be like misogyny in the media, but it's such a common thing that like men can get angry all the time. And everyone's like, just a man being a man. But if I react to the anger, it's like, she's hysterical. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> and I was like, how's it 2021 and we're going through this? But I, I do think people, like, stop first. People are, like, mad that I was upset that a guy was, it's not that he was yelling at me. He was insulting me. Mm -hmm. Everything, like, my career, my relationships, my looks, my character. What did yeah. you want me to do? Like, in right. the past, I've been quiet and good. But I was done with that. Mm-hmm. Going back to wedding stuff. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to talk about the yeah, drama. Yeah, literally. I have, to, I have to say some shit. <laughs> um, where are you guys at in the wedding planning process? Oh, my God. Okay, so we had this joke in the beginning where I was like, I want a garage wedding. I want a pearl ring. I want to just do like a chill thing. Then I saw Emily Ratajkowski's two diamond ring. And I was like, I want two diamonds. And mm -hmm. he was like, you have to get it, it together. Where are you? <laughs> and then we fell in love with this venue <laughs> and it's just gorgeous. We have a wedding planner. We have, I'm still like deciding what the flowers are going to be, that vibe. But you have a date. I have a date. That's huge. Yes. I've had a date for a while. When is it? It's in May, May 2022. Oh my God. When's, do you have a date? Um, Not yet, but like we could potentially have a wedding on the same day. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, it's, uh, yeah, I'll tell you about it, but also, I've never cared about marriage. Mm. I felt very trusting as like when it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. I never dreamed about my wedding day. <laughs> but it was so funny because the second I got engaged, the next day I was like, we need to cut this guest list down. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like putting the guest list together. I also just like love throwing parties and I like creating things that make people happy. So I was, I see it more like for the guests than me. That oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I literally 
like I have gone from being like, yeah, I'm like that easygoing bride yes. to like, I need this. Like all the bridesmaids have to wear exactly this. Like I have gone, I'm like, I don't want bridesmaids. Like it's too much drama. I'm like, I want drama. I want only eight bridesmaids. You're so funny. I'm not making anyone a bridesmaid who made me a bridesmaid. Like it's like, well, it's, that's what sucks when you get, when you have invites from other people. Because yeah. you're like, okay, they invited me to their wedding. We're not as close as we were. And, or I was a bridesmaid for theirs, but like, we don't have the same friend group now. Fuck. And then also the whole, like, people go, oh, don't invite people who you're not going to talk to in five years. And I'm like, no, I want to invite people who I'm talking to now to make the energy good now. Like the people make the wedding. I have some people I'm not even like crazy close with that I'm like, I want to invite them because they're going to make the party. (laughs) Yeah. Like people with good energy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Okay. More about wedding planning. Do you have a dress? Yes. So (laughs) I, funny story about my dress is I have, you have no idea how you look in a wedding dress. We never, try on wedding dresses. Right. So you don't know what shape you like. Like I know kind of the idea I had, but I'm like, what if I look great in a princess type dress or whatever? I watch Say Yes to Dress. I love that show. That's just my guilty pleasure. So I find a strip mall in Long Island with my mom, like just anything that was nearby. It's called Fantasia Bridal. And it is in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I'm a New York City girl. Like, there are a bazillion beautiful places I can go in New York City. But I'm like, let's go to this random strip mall place. Just try on a couple of dresses. The first dress I tried on, I chose. I swear to God. And that was one of those, I don't know if it's because I hate shopping and I didn't want to make it like a seven-month process. But I was like, this is it. And they were like, try on like six more dresses. And I try them on. And I go, no, it's the first one. I'm done. Paid wow. for it on the spot. Done. Wait, so what was it about the dress? Because everyone's, I'm been to a million places okay. in the city now. Everyone's like, well, you'll know you'll when know. you know. Like, I'm like, no, it's not my fucking husband. It's a dress. <laughs> but also with like, husbands, you don't even know. I always say when people are like, just in concept, the concept of when you know, you know. Oh, sorry. That was not a fart. That was <laughs> sure, just my chair, sure. I swear. But also I will, I probably have farted already on this podcast. <laughs> it's the, like, you know, when you're in a brainstorm. <sighs> yeah. And people are throwing around ideas and you're like, I could see that work. I could see that work. And then they throw the idea that you love. That's the feeling. So it's like I put on a dress where I felt like myself in it. I felt like there were parts of it that people are going to think are cool. And I really didn't have any like issues with it. Like I wasn't like, oh, but I don't like that. Mm. And I felt like it was comfortable. And for my body type, it really worked. So I kind of I wasn't like, this is incredible. I was like, yeah, this is me. But there was no part of you, and this is just like my inner demon speaking. Like <laughs> that was like, what if someone else Next wears a similar thing. dress? Oh, like what if like this w- dress isn't unique enough or different enough that no one else will wear it? You like, have why to do be really like in tune with. It's hard because what is your wedding style? It's different than your day to day style. Right. But for me, I'm like I'm in a random strip mall in Long Island. Like I feel like other people aren't going to have this dress. Yeah. But people did say they think it's more traditional than they expected me to have. Oh. But I also think, who gives a fuck if someone has a similar dress than you? It's how you wear it and how you, like, accessorize it and how you carry it. So don't worry about that shit. And also tell your friends to stop getting married while you're getting married. I agree. Because it's so (laughs) fucking annoying. But I also, like, here's the thing about the dress. Like, I feel like… I don't know why I think I can like reinvent the wheel in a wedding dress. You know, it's like a fucking wedding dress. Like it's a white dress. Like everyone looks the same at their wedding. Even like, I don't know, did Jennifer Aniston get married? I assume that she wore a normal dress. Kim Kardashian wore like a very basic like long sleeve lace dress. Yeah. 
And here I am thinking that I need to like wear this crazy dress that no one has worn before. Yeah. That's like not even flattering. Yeah. Just so that it's like different. A moment. Yeah. Are you wearing white? Yeah. <laughs> but but like, <laughs> did you see Lena Dunham's wedding? Yes. What did you think of that vibe? It was a great vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I thought I like even like Ariana Grande. I like the vibes that are just like a little untraditional. But I feel like if it's not the dress, it's like things around it. Mm. You just like you want it to be you and ask yourself why you're like reaching for a statement. Right. Like, why do you need that statement? Right. Like, oh why God, is it right. not like, why is the statement not enough to be like the magicalness of like you and this amazing person? Like, that's what makes the wedding unique, that it's you. That's so true. Like, there must be some psychological like something that's like you want right to be now, larger than life that I need to be so different that I need to shock people so much. And I think honestly, it's because of this fear of like being basic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a real fear. Well, yeah, we're getting attacked every day with and the B word is yeah, that you feel it in your in your heart and your so soul. So I'm like the lat like and and I hear people talk about other people's weddings. Like there was a girl who just got married who's like the assistant to like a really big person in fashion. Yeah. And everyone was like saying to me, I can't believe that she wore such a basic dress. She's in fashion. Okay, I know what's happening to you. Mm -hmm. You're in the comments. Mm. So that's what we call in reality TV where like, for example, like Dave Chappelle's special. Yeah. Not to bring it up, but like he's been in the comments. He's like been reading all of this hate towards him. And now he's like, t like, you're like, why is he obsessing over like coming for trans people? And you realize he's in the comments where his world is thinking that, like, all these trans people are attacking him. Where, like, you've been in the comments where you've heard so much shit about other people's weddings that you're, like, in your own comments of, like, what are people going to say about mine? Where you need to, like, cleanse of that. You need to, yeah. like, not be thinking about the comments and think about, like, what makes you happy on your day. Because so what? True. You're going to care what fucking your friend's boyfriend, like— girlfriend says to their cousin who gives a fuck right who gives a fuck but then again you'll go to me crying because like someone from Iowa said that I'm stupid so take it with a grain of salt yeah facts, <laughs> facts. okay oh last question we really went over here but I loved it <laughs> do you approve of Paige and Craig I think I actually haven't been with them since they've been together physically but I think that I'm really happy that she found someone who will like support the reality TV lifestyle right now. And he's like the perfect guy for that. Are you having bridesmaids? No. How come? I think I'm going to have a bachelorette party. And I just thought of this last night. <laughs> and I'm like done with partying. Des is sober. But I do like to have a good time. And I love animals. I think I want to go somewhere upstate where there's like an animal farm and like a lodge. And like not camping. We're not fucking camping. But like have a day of like petting animals and like there's like a hot tub and just like a wild like day type thing like that with like maybe 10 girls mm -hmm. and then for the wedding I'm not doing the bridesmaid stuff I don't want anyone to feel the way I felt recently Ooh, which is isolated or the drama or people want to make you feel bad and mm -hmm. I just don't want that and friend groups are like changing all the time and I like I hate to say it, but it's like I love everyone equally in my, who I want to invite to the wedding Fair. who are my girlfriends. And we have different kinds of relationships. And I just, yeah. I also don't care to be like, look at all these, like my girls who are gonna, I don't know, something about it 
It's not my own trauma. I was always not going to do bridesmaids. And then someone phrased it as like, don't you want like your girls like who like have amazing energy in the room with you getting ready on your big day? And I was like, fuck, yes, I want that. But I think you can have that. Right. I, I, for some reason, I feel like the whole like them standing next to you thing. Oh, I, they won't be standing next to me. They'll walk down the aisle and then sit. Okay, good. I like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> you go down. deserve to be up there. No one does. It just stresses me out, like, making them stand. And I don't know. And I also am a people pleaser, so I'm afraid to be like, oh, oh you guys need to be here and do this and do that. And I kind of want it to be laid back in a way. Yeah. And also, Des and I have, like, weird random friends where, like, he has friends in Ireland and, like, Australia. And I have friends from, like, tennis. But then I have friends right. from, like, reality TV and then friends from— So it's just— It's a weird mix. Exactly. But I'm excited to see what the mix creates. Okay. Let's do some rapid fire polls. Oh, hell yeah. And then I'll ask you a quote or a piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Is it inappropriate to part ways with a therapist via text? No. You don't owe them anything. Yeah. If you do another session, then you're paying to break up with them. Exactly. And I do think that therapists, it's hard because they'll be like, ooh, why are you avoiding this or whatever? And like, <laughs> yeah. they can kind of manipulate you in a way. If you want out, get out. Mm-hmm. Just don't ghost them. Facts. If someone feels tempted to cheat on their significant other, is that a sign that the relationship is not for them or can they just be like that? Oh my gosh. I feel like if someone is tempted to cheat, you should go to therapy immediately and find out the why. Mm. I'm trying to, I haven't done couples therapy, but I feel like how individual therapy is normalized. I feel like couples therapy should, like even if you're doing well, to like communicate even better. 100%. And I think if you want to cheat, either it's like, or you're like getting a lot of crushes. Maybe you're, I've had that in the past where like I was like crushing on people all the time. And it was because like I was lacking. Something was lacking. Mm. So before you just like ditch it, maybe you have to confront what's lacking, work towards it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If you live with two other people and one of them is sick, should they stay in their room with the door <laughs> closed? Or is it inevitable and should be okay for them to walk around the apartment? Oh, my God. It depends what kind of sick. Are we talking COVID? Cold. Cold. Not COVID. Oh, cold. Oh, God. <sighs> Roommates. So stressful. Stressful. I feel like they should treat you how they would want to be treated. And, like, it doesn't have to be, like, a crazy quarantine situation. But, like, don't do stupid shit. Don't be, like, too close in their face or, like, yeah. sharing snacks and shit. But, like, live your life. But you can't quarantine them based on a cold. No, it's their house. It's their home. They pay rent. Yeah. Also, everyone, buy some emergency for the apartment. Go to your boyfriends. Let them be sick at home. Don't stick them in their room. Yeah, like, they're going to have to move. I say get, buy everyone an emergency. Make sure their immunity system's up. And then throw your tissues out. Exactly. Your significant other never mentioned that they were in an open relationship at one point in their life. Is that a red flag? No. I I think I do this thing with Des where we actually don't talk about our past that much. Mm. And I think it's because we've like, we've worked through our past with relationships where Des a lot of the time is like, why do you need to know? Mm. And I think unless it's important for something you guys are going through, like you don't have to know every girl he's fucked and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. No. Like I used to talk about exes or guys who talked to me about exes or ex relationships always had like some unresolved stuff with them. Mm-hmm. So I kind of love that does is like, I don't, why do we care to even talk about that? Yeah. I mean, it definitely gets talked about at some 
like yes. not not ha- the body count, I know the timelines yeah, yeah, yeah I know yeah. what I need to know right but if you find yourself like in depth knowing too much many details about then someone's relationship yeah. I, I don't love that unless you're turned on by it which sometimes that's I another am. thing what's, <laughs> what's more important in a relationship kissing or sex oh my gosh I would say sex mm. I think that kissing is like a form of sex like kissing is like under the umbrella of sex I feel like I've had guys who Actually, but th- that's hard. A lot of the guys who I have good sex with, I have, I kiss well with them. And guys who I don't have good kisses, I don't, haven't had good sex with. Oh, yeah. What do you it's think? for sure correlated. It's such a correlation. I think kissing is actually more important in a relationship because mm. I know couples who don't kiss <gasps> and they're Ms. <laughs> like, think about sex without kissing or, like, relationships without kissing. Yeah. Like, you can have dry spells in your relationship yes. where, like, you're both fucking But busy, you should never you dry spell kiss. from kissing. Exactly. You're so right. I actually heard a quick TikTok relationship advice that I wanted to tell you on this pod. Oh. Some guy said they did a study. I don't know the extent of the study. I don't know the details. But basically, it made sense to me that they studied all these couples and they found that couples who did a certain thing, 90% of them stayed together over time. And couples who didn't do it, only 30% stayed together. What's the thing? And it was something so simple as when they're on a date. If someone's like, wow, look at that cute bird. If the person turns and acknowledges it and says like, oh, yeah, that bird is cute or like something about that, they stay together. But the couples where someone was like, oh, look, those French fries look good. And the person didn't acknowledge it, didn't stay together. Oh, for sure. You have to lean in to your partner. And it's so funny because there were some of my worst relationships were when I felt like the little things they didn't connect with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Your longtime ex just recently unfollowed you on Instagram. Is it because they're over it or because they're not over it? Ooh, that's a good one. It's because his new girlfriend forced him. Forced him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm in like a standoff with a few of my exes where like neither of us will unfollow the other because we don't want the other person to think that one of us was like, I'm not over you. But you I both need to are unfollow. like, we don't need to be following exactly. each other. But like, you also don't want to start drama. 100%. So it's a standoff. I just say it's a mute. It's a mute thing. Mm-hmm. Mute them. Red flag if a guy says he's a mama's boy. <sighs> oh my God. Good question. I do think that guys who have mommy issues tend to be really fucked up compared to guys with daddy issues. And that's a big stereotype, I know. It's true. Okay, good. Because that was based on my experience. (laughs) Yeah. All of my exes had psychotic moms. Like, psychotic moms. And, like, if one of them is listening, there was one that wasn't that crazy, and I love you. (laughs) You know who you are. But, like, mostly psychotic. But I also find that the guys that I— Oh, fuck. I don't know. Sometimes I get along with their moms really well, and I feel like they have— Guys who have, like, strong moms always liked me. Oh, yeah. So they have to have, like, some similarity to you. But if they're a mama's boy, there's a thin line. Like, my mom, my brother and my mom are very close. Like, I'd say my brother is a mama's boy, but he doesn't call her all the time. He's not, like, obsessed with it, but he just gets along with her really well. And he is, like, in a very stable, beautiful relationship. That's the ideal. But if you're calling her all the time, she's making decisions for you. Not okay. For your wedding, would you prefer a cash gift or something off your registry? Oh, this is a great question because as an being with an older man, he already has places. Like he has a house. We live in it. It's stocked. So it feels weird to be like, oh, then get us like honeymoon stuff or like, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird because you want a gift, but then it's like, oh, should we just do charity? But then it's like, well, I do want to pay back for the wedding. It's awkward because we already, we're not starting a home together. Do a honeymoon fund. And then you can do whatever the fuck you want with that money. You okay. don't even have to go on a honeymoon. Take it and run. 
Also, question for you. Would you rather put your money towards like an extravagant wedding or an extravagant honeymoon if you had to do one or the other? I like to think, because I'm delusional, that the money that we get for our wedding will pay for the honeymoon so that we could do both, hopefully. Okay. But— I'm manifesting that for you. Manifesting it. But if I had to choose a wedding, and that's only because I feel like we've both been lucky enough to travel a lot. Yes. And I feel like I've seen amazing places— a wedding is like a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You can always go on a honeymoon later Because some in people, life. though, will be like, well, it's only like a day and it's done. I'd rather have an experience or put it towards a home. But you guys were fun because you did like kind of a honeymoon for your engagement. Yeah. yeah. Which I think needs to be normalized. Well, now we can't go on a honeymoon because of that. <laughs> so that's your answer right there. But I do think that's good because you're on the that initial high. Right. We got engaged during fucking quarantine. Right. That sucks. So we were like, okay, you let's go back on the couch. guys deserve <laughs> a pre-wedding honeymoon. Also, before this pod ends, could you analyze my um oh yeah so you're my signs with him so i'll just do it really quick because i already know you're a leo you're virgo rising virgo moon i think i'm scorpio rising okay scorpio rising virgo moon and he's a scorpio Mm -hmm. so it's an amazing match wait wait, really yes because you're you have like you have your big three which is scorpio virgo leo Mm -hmm. and he has scorpio i don't know his rising Mm -hmm. i don't know his moon you'll have to get back to me Mm -hmm. but if you have a similarity in your big three like the same sign Mm -hmm. it's like great especially when it's like your rising sign and their sun sign. Very interesting. And mm-hmm. I also found that there's certain times in your life, I don't know if it's like your energy, but I'll start connecting to certain signs. Mm. Like I have a lot of best friends who are Scorpios, like Paige is Scorpio. Well, that's because you read as a Virgo, at least to me. Mm. Like that's the read I always get when I'm with you. I'm like, she's such Virgo vibes. Like Leos are great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But you don't come off as like, look at me, like it's all about me, which is what Leos usually are. I think, yeah, authentically I am like Virgo Scorpio. Yeah. But Leo is like when I'm on stage. Exactly. But then when I'm off stage, like I want to be chill. Exactly. And like, so Virgo is like your real emotional self and Virgo and Scorpio are a great match. What a therapy session. I do have to let everyone know I sat down. I said, look, I don't want to talk about drama. <laughs> I don't want to get into details. I don't. And then as Lindsay does, she's we an incredible interview. We got into it. And thanks for letting me open up. Thank you for being here. Can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice? Okay. Um, my favorite quote is a basketball quote. You're wearing a Space Jam t-shirt right now. It looks vintage, obsessed with it. And it's yeah. even when it's raining, the hoop is always there. So for people who deal with depression, which I do, is like when it's raining, you think it's done. Everything sucks. The world is the worst. But if you realize like in sports, there's still a hoop, which means you can score. You just can't see it. Mm. It's just raining. But like there are opportunities and light and connections everywhere. You're just not seeing it and just know it's there and have hope. I love that so very much. <laughs> I really do. Where Thanks. can everyone find you, follow you, see your comedy shows, oh etc.? Oh my gosh, go to hannahburner.com. I'm going to be in LA, San Francisco, Arizona, Florida, Connecticut. So check that out. And then listen to Burning in Hell for more mental health comedy, Giggly Squad for pop culture with Paige. And follow me everywhere at Being Burns. Yes.